This is Mom Goals. With world-class professional soccer player, Allie Long. Today's guest is Jenna Worthen. Jenna is the founder and CEO of the James Martin Company, a political and nonprofit consulting organization. She also is the founder and chief curator of the site Mom Who Works, a community of working moms. Jenna's new book is titled Mom Who Works, the tools to redefine what it means to be a working mom in a world without working dads. She has two sons and a daughter with her husband. Here's my chat with Jenna Worthen. First of all, you started um, an online community called Mom Who Works. How did you start that in the first place? Yeah, thank you for asking. Will you give me 10 seconds to fangirl about you for just a second? Of course. Because what you need to know, <laughs> and this feels borderline embarrassing, but this literally oh, sits in my so office. <laughs> so when I got your message, I was like, this That's is amazing. Just, you know, so like serendipitous to me. So That's thank so you for having awesome. me. Of course. I think you, I mean, I'm so excited to talk to you just because I feel like you're going to have so many tips like for not only everyone that's listening, but just me as well as a working mom trying to play soccer and have yeah. twins, which is crazy in itself, but um, it's going okay. so, so I'm excited. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So mom who works, it was actually an idea that came to me on a run one day. Uh, running was at the time kind of the place where I could go to think and get away from my two kids at the mm-hmm. time. I mean that nicely, of course, yeah, of you know. Um, always nicely. Always nicely. And you know, I was in a season of life too where I was doing a lot of solo parenting. My husband was working all the time and I had two under two. Oh my gosh. And I wasn't done working because that was super fulfilling to me, but I was kind of done with this idea of this label of working mom mm-hmm. and kind of what all that brought because for me and I've learned that through our community it brings a lot of external and internal pressures. Right. And it just kind of clicked for me that it was like, why aren't we called moms who work? Because right. no one calls my husband a working dad. Mm, interesting. Right? Like yeah. working dad is not a thing. Right. But working mom is, and it's this label that so many of us wear as a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. But what really helped me figure out too was like the idea of working mom also means that working comes before the mom. Mm-hmm which you know you're learning too with two little ones, everything kind of has a different lens and a different orientation. Mm-hmm. And while the work comes first in seasons, right? Or in different times of training and preparation mm-hmm. and the work that I do too, it's you know it's not always my number one thing anymore. Right. You know? And then it also implies that the work comes before the mom herself. Mm, you know, and like what are sure. my personal dreams and my goals and my needs and my wants? And I just... I was like, okay, so just this idea of mom who works mm-hmm. was kind of born on that run that day. That's awesome. It was a website and a community that you built. Seeing that grow, was that really empowering um, and fulfilling as well? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I had the idea and it took me about two years to kind of figure out what mm-hmm. to do with it. You know, it kind of felt like this is special and I don't want to screw it up mm-hmm. and what is it, you know? And so, yeah, it became a community. Uh, it started on Instagram where we just shared other women's stories. Cool. Uh, my friend Rachel always says, you know, uh, our shared stories lessen isolation. I love that. You know, and I was feeling really isolated as a new mom. Uh, I had my two before any of my best friends even had one, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, while I had other friends to learn from, I felt kind of lonely in that season, Yeah, you know? Sure. And so these shared stories just remind us that while each of us are unique, 
a lot of our experiences are not unique, mm-hmm. you know, like we yeah. have a lot to learn. And like when you're deep in the shit, like there's somebody else who is too. For sure. I think, I mean, I could totally relate to that isolation. I feel that I moved to Montana. I delivered in Montana. I'm from New York. My boyfriend's from Montana. And then all my best friends are in different places because playing soccer your whole life, you, you, you know, you, you're my best friends in San Diego and and Mm -hmm. ones in Atlanta. And so like, yes, you communicate, but you're still like isolated in that in that like moment of time, I guess you feel that. So, and then yes, of course they would like give me advice or, or help me. And, um, but it's, it's a little different when you're just there alone by yourself, you feel that. And yeah, I think that hearing stories about other people going through that, um, or actually I did read some stuff and I was like, okay, like this is, I'm okay. And, and supporting, hearing other women support me, you know, made it easier. So I love that. That's kind of like how it, it all, it all started what was like one of your biggest challenges do you feel when you kind of started your online community? Yeah, I think some of it is getting over just the fear that this has already been done, mm. right? Like the idea of talking so about yeah. uniting women around working mom and that concept and what it means is not new, right? right? And I think that when we allow fear to hinder us, we lose an opportunity to share our stories. Right. And I had a hard time getting women to share their stories. Like, Allie, you would not believe it. Like the amount of women that were recommended to me or I reached out to and I was like, hey, will you share your story? And they're like, I don't have a story to tell. Everyone has a story to tell. In some regard. (laughs) Finally, months later, I would hear back from them and they would have pinned this story that was like, resilient and overcoming the biggest barriers. And it just reminded me of like so much of how we can have a worth problem, right? Right. You have a story worth telling, you know, and that was one of the biggest hurdles. Wow. That it's crazy, but also not crazy. Cause I feel like everyone has some story. Everyone come has been through something that someone else hasn't, but I can totally understand and see how, like, I guess, people feeling like, yeah, they're, they, maybe their story doesn't matter at all. And then all of a sudden they say it and that probably, or could be one of your, you know, most read impactful stories for others, which is really, really cool. Um, did you feel like you had to differentiate yourself at all in any way? Are you stuck true to like, um, you know, what you wanted, your vision of it, and you did not let fear get in the way of that? I think that where I've had a hard time has been I didn't want my face to be the only face of it, Mm -hmm, you know, because I didn't think kind of going back to my previous point, like my story alone wasn't enough. Like I, I was like, this is my experience as who I am, what I look like, where I live, all of those things. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to have far more perspectives involved. That's awesome. And so once I, you know, I kind of figured out what it could be and what I felt like was an easy on-ramp of sharing stories, you know, then it kind of blossomed and and grew from there. That's amazing. Um, From the people's stories that you've heard, did career-driven women who someday want a baby, did that, did having a baby feel daunting to them? Like, did you hear a bunch of stories where they're putting off having babies just to, you know, do what they want in their career? Yeah, definitely. You know, the statistics are very clear. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, moms who work face limited career mobility, lesser pay, like, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, workplace bias. We know these are like hard, cold stone facts. And -hmm. when you're a driven, ambitious woman and you're trying to figure out the intersection between motherhood and careerhood, Mm -hmm. it can be really challenging. 
And so honestly, I think a lot of the women that have really engaged in our community are moms who, I say you become a mom who works before you even have a baby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's like whenever you start thinking about it and definitely when you get pregnant, right? Because where I really failed the first time, I've got three kids, where I really failed the first time was I really didn't plan maternity leave. You know, like I legit took two weeks. I was answering emails in the hospital. Like I don't recommend that. I don't recommend that. But (laughs) when you're a business owner, sometimes you're like, you it's only choice. me and I have a small team and, you know, like no one else is showing up to training for you, Allie. Like you right. can't put somebody else on the field for you, you know? Yeah. And so the preparation to re- like leave and return has been, I think, one of the most important aspects that we've helped women navigate. Yeah, it's crazy. One of my earlier podcasts, we talked about how paid leave is not actually a thing in like every single job. And I'm so fortunate. And this is just me you know, not even understanding, um, you know, everyone else's careers and, and what their employers are doing for them. But my employer was amazing. And kind of just the first thing they said to me was, oh, don't worry, you have paid leave. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I didn't even think that there yeah. wasn't paid leave for others. Right. And so, um, you know, learning just how, um, yeah, how the discrepancy is, was like really eye opening. I feel. But how do you think that moms who, or like you said, you're, you're a mom before, like, as soon as you think about even having a baby, what do you think are some tips that could kind of help them as they're just like considering that? And obviously you're talking about like your preparation for maternity leave, but is there anything else that you feel like is like, definitely this is really important. So I've kind of identified that I think that moms and women as a whole, so I think this really applies to women as a whole too. Mm -hmm. I think that we go through this cycle of becoming remaining and flourishing Mm -hmm. multiple times in our lives. Right. Right. And so when you're in this becoming stage, it just feels really daunting. Mm -hmm. And like the word become literally means begin to be. Mm -hmm. Okay. So first of all, I think it's, you know, there's so much, just so many voices out there. Something that my personal coach always asks me whenever I'm feeling anxious or scared or overwhelmed is like, who said that? (laughs) Like, who said that to you? Was it some girl you follow on Instagram who meaning well, right. but now you think something has to be a certain way? It doesn't, right? right. So we hear how hard motherhood is and mm-hmm. how, you know, your career isn't going to be the same. Your body's not going to be the same. Your relationship with your partner is not going to be the same. All of these things. And those can be true, but they're also not true. Totally. And you get to choose how you do it. I love that. Yeah. And one thing I really talk about, especially in my book, is this idea of all we ever hear is like, you've got to have it all. Mm -hmm. Like, who defined what it all means? Right. Right. That's so true. You get to define it all for you. And I get to define it for me. And they're going to be different. And that doesn't mean that yours is better than mine or mine is better than yours. They're just our own it, you know? And once you can define it, you can have it all. But you got to stay true in that integrity. So when you decide to take this step into parenthood. You know, we know it's a long journey for some, it's a short journey for others. It's sometimes it's through adoption or, you know, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just think that the thing to remember is that you're the one who gets to have the say mm-hmm. in how it's going to go. Yeah, that's so true. When it, like, I guess 
you know, everyone would be like, oh, I know one's hard because I had twins. They're like, I know one's hard, but I can't even imagine two. Two's going to be so hard. And yes, it is hard, but it's not like the way people made it seem. Like if I chose to believe that, like, I feel like I would have been so much more overwhelmed. And of course I am overwhelmed. I don't know a <laughs> mom in some regard that's overwhelmed, but um it's funny all the things that people say like my body's going to be the same so many people ask me like am I going to retire just because I was pregnant and I'm like that is so rude (laughs) no I'm not going to retire like just because I'm having twins doesn't mean I'm done playing soccer I know that's how probably a lot of women previously who were pro athletes um you know went about it just because there wasn't actually like uh, maternity leave and and paid and all these things that have enabled women to kind of now in my league to be able to do what they love in their career, be driven and also be a mom at the same time. Um, and one of my first interviews back after my uh, my first game, one of um, the guys asked me, he was like, so, you know, you were so driven before, like, ha- and, you know, you wanted to make the national team and you want to be the best player like how is that changed and i was like actually i feel more like more driven because i knew you would be thinking this and i knew you'd be asking me these questions you know like so i i think it's really interesting um the perception kind of of everything and and i really love what you're saying and i guess it's up to like you to define what it all is and everything um regarding that yeah and no one's asking you know no one asking julie Ertz's husband if he's gonna quit playing right. football exactly. because he's gonna be up all night with the baby right exactly it's like so and our funny. bodies are so remarkable i played not on your level but i played a co-ed <laughs> soccer game the night of my six-week release when i had oh my, my first son Aww. and the whole team was just like oh my god how are you doing this and you're like I have to do this. Yeah. Like yeah. this is the one place all day that I have felt the most like myself. Right. You it's know, so and that's true. how I feel now about work, you know, when I can get my kids where they need to be and settle in for some, you know, hard, good work. Mm-hmm. That's when I feel the most like myself again. That's amazing. And I um totally agree. It's been so refreshing being back like in a team environment. And um, and so I I totally can relate to where you're coming from. So um your online community, then it transferred into your book, um, which is really, really cool. How, um, what made you want to take that online community and that presence and make a book out of it? Yeah. Thank you for asking. Do you ever just feel like there's something in you and you just like got to get it out? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like legitimately, that was how it felt. (laughs) It felt like I had done all this work and I had talked to all of these women and it felt like a gift Mm -hmm. to put that into a book form you know, and it wasn't easy work. Um, I, this isn't like a badge of honor, but I'm just made to get up early. I just got up at legitimately four and five in the morning to fit in an hour and a half of writing for a few months. I'm so jealous. And figured that (laughs) out. I mean, yeah, my husband's the polar opposite. So we, you know, which is honestly kind of nice balance of kids. Um, For sure. But it just felt like, okay, if this can matter for one woman, if this mm-hmm. can help one woman feel less alone, if this can help one woman fight for a pay raise in the workplace, if this mm-hmm. can help one woman start a business that transforms her family's future, whatever it looks like, if this helps one woman decide, like, I don't want to work anymore, I don't mm-hmm. care what it is. Uh, it just felt like I had to I had to do this. And I can't tell you the type of work that I do for a living is just it's cyclical. It just never stops. I never get like 
I get some big wins, you know, but I don't ever get to stop and celebrate them. Right. Because it's like the day I get a win, it's like, boom, I got to do something else. Next thing, next thing, next thing. And so to have something that sits on a shelf and is Mm. done and And I can't ever touch it again is just such a feeling of accomplishment. That's so amazing. Um, What is um, one of your biggest tips um, someone reading your book would get out of it? Yeah. So there's a practice so I think there's a lot of books out there, to be honest with you, Allie, that are spectacular, but they're they're theory, right? Or they're right. just personal experience. And so that's great. But I'm like, hey, I picked up your book because I want to know how to do this better, <laughs> right. you know? And yeah. so there's a lot of tangible tools and exercises for you to work through in that mm-hmm. book. And there's two key things that I really love in there. And one is this idea of a mom who works manifesto, mm-hmm. where you kind of write down like, you know, I am a mom who works because... You know, and it takes you through that. And it's just something that on the really hard days when somebody has puked or two days ago when I got a call and had to pick up a kid because he had a fever and it royally screwed up some important stuff I had to do that day. You know, you're just kind of coming undone. You're like, what, how, how am I doing all of this? How am I taking all of this on? I can return to that, you know, and be reminded of this is why I do it. And the second thing is this mom who works grid where you go through and you assess like what is working for you? What do you need to quit? What right. fails are you having? And then what dreams do you have? Because and a dream is defined as like an ideal, you know, and it's it doesn't just have to be a goal or something. But what are your ideal intentions? You know, mm-hmm. who do you want to be? Who do you aspire to be? What kind of practices do you want to have in your life? And it could be something as simple as, you know, a regular yoga routine. And it could be something as big as, you know, starring in a film, you know, right. like whatever that looks like. Um, I just don't want you to forget that you have your own dreams too. Yeah, I think I think throughout my career and like when I've kind of wanted to set a goal or or what I felt I wanted, envision my career to look like, I think writing it down because you can just get so caught up in the day to day. And this is before I had kids, but I've like believed in it so truly is like when you just write it and you put it down and it's like out there and, and you see it and it, it's like on your heart and your mind. And I think it kind of focuses you and and reminds you that you're not just, um, you know, you're not just, especially as a mom, you're not just a mom, you have these goals and dreams and they're valid. And I, I believe in that in writing so much. So I really, really love that. Um, I think some things that I read, it was, and we spoke a little bit about it before about doing it all. Um, what, and it's so easy, I think for, I don't know if, women moms to feel like they have to do it all but um from the stories you've seen and and what you've kind of learned throughout this process um what do you see from a mom who puts that expectation on themselves and and you know just grinds day to day like what have you seen from that like negatively or positively in your experience Yeah. I think that a word that gets thrown around a lot is balance, Mm -hmm. you know, like you've got to have work-life balance and it's just like another layer of (laughs) expectation we put on ourselves. And like, I just want to say it loud and clear balance is bullshit. Yeah. It's complete and utter bullshit. Like there will be times when you feel like you've got a really good rhythm. Right. Right. And then there'll be times where you are absolutely killing it at work. Mm -hmm. And that means that maybe you're missing some bedtimes. Right. Right. And like, at night, your kids are home and you're kind of like, okay, can we just like watch a movie? You know? Right. Yeah. And then, and there'll be other times where you feel like, gosh, I cannot get it together at work. Mm-hmm. The dadgum <laughs> at your home life is yeah. just humming, you know? Right. 
And so I think that as we hustle and we hurry, you know, it's okay to recognize that those things that a balance, like that's not going to happen all the time. If at all, to be frank with you, I really prefer the word rhythm, you know, getting into a good rhythm. And the other thing too is, you know, there's this idea of self-care, right? We hear a lot about make sure you get in your self-care and, but then it's things like working out and doing good skincare and eating whole foods. And right. I just want to be very frank, like that's the bare minimum of caring well for yourself. <laughs> right. right. Like this is not yeah. some extravagant <laughs> right. idea that you're pursuing, yeah. you know, like, yes, your body needs to move. Yes. Your body needs to be fueled well. Like, <laughs> yeah. yes, you need to put on some good skincare because it's the only face you're ever going to get, you know, right. and, and we're for just like sure. taught, we're just taught <laughs> to like, heaven forbid you take that time for yourself where legit, if you don't, you can't do anything else that you want to do. That's so funny. Yeah. When, um, I delivered people are like, Oh, like we'll bring you meals. And I'm like, well, like granted, I didn't prepare myself for pregnancy in the way that I didn't like read books. Cause I just wanted, I knew that no matter what someone's experience was like, I'd have my own. So I just Mm -hmm, wanted mm -hmm. to kind of take it for what it, it was and like figure it out in a way. Um, so I didn't like really know that there's meal trains and people should, you know, if they want to help, like all these little like things that, that after I gave birth, people were like telling me like, Oh, we'll set up a meal. I'm like, no, no, it's fine. Like it isn't eating like what I am going to do. Cause I have to do that anyway. So it's funny that you say that it's like, that's your basic level of self-care. Um, but I think doing things outside of that, that actually are considered, you know, above you know, your basic level is really, really important for your mental health and and just your health overall in general. What has been the best feedback that you feel you've received from um, since writing your book? Yeah. So one was my best friend saying like, whoa, we didn't know you could write like this. Like, (laughs) hey, thanks guys. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, you know, the biggest feedback is just like, I've gotten a couple of random notes from women I didn't know. Oh, cool. You know, and I had one mom in particular And she sent me a message and, you know, it was, I felt less alone. I felt like I could do it, you know? And then I also, I learned so much. You, you gave me the permission that I needed to ask for some of the things that I've been wanting to ask for. And no one needs to give you that permission. You really already have it. Right. But if that's not, you know, some of us operate in a way that we're like, yeah, I'm just going to go get that. And if you tell me I can't, I'm definitely going to do it. Yeah. Right. Like, that's how I operate. <laughs> yeah. But not, every, not everybody does. Right. We've all been conditioned yeah. different ways and all of that. And so, you know, I really do believe like when we see someone else go first, it makes it a lot easier to get in the water. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. I think like having a really good example to at least like take it, take something from is so helpful. Um, so when you had your first, you said that you were kind of like burnt out and just like Mm -hmm. exhausted of like the grind of like trying to work, you were answering emails in two weeks after delivery, which is amazing. It's crazy. It's not advised. It's not advised. But, um, so did you feel by your third one, you had a good rhythm and flow to like how to, you know, do work and also be a mom? Yeah. I do. And part of it is I have two boys and they are nine and seven. And then I have a daughter who's three. And there's also some magic, I think, about having the daughter, you know, (laughs) and my uh, desire to not see her uh, changed too quickly. It's like, it's not something I worry about with my boys as much, but it's something I worry about with her. 
But also I think that by the third, I had a lot better ability to advocate for what I needed mm-hmm. and also communicate with my partner in a way right. that was more effective, you know, mm-hmm. um, screaming at him out of exhaustion <laughs> that I yeah. just need some help. Weird. It didn't work that <laughs> yeah. well. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so, so I think that by that third one, one, I just was so chill about it. You just have so much more frame of reference for what matters and what doesn't. Right. Right. Yeah. And I joke that like the only smugness I have in parenting is whenever somebody is a little bit on their high horse or about something or Mm -hmm. that's not going to happen or my only smugness is it's coming for you. Yeah. Like in some way, shape or form. (laughs) Right. Maybe your kid's a perfect angel baby. And you know what? Their middle school years are going to be hell. Like we don't know yet. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like I think I just have this deeper acceptance of, hey, like come what may. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. And I have developed these rhythms of where I don't try to compartmentalize my life anymore, Allie. Like I'm not one woman at work and one woman at home and one woman with my friends. Everything I need is on one to-do list. That's awesome. You know, my family's at the center of everything that I think about and do as is running my company, you know? Yeah, that's really and cool. I, we don't have to leave the mother part of us at home when we go somewhere else, right? Like right. just bring it with you. This is the, the oddest thing happened when I had my kids was I found myself too. Yeah, that's you know? really cool. It's so clarifying. Yeah. How do you think anyone who's listening that is compartmentalizing that um, everything, how do you think that they can shift that mindset to not do that? Yeah. Um, first of all, I just want you to hear loud and clear that it is okay to take all pieces with you. Right. You know, like you don't have to put on a show. And honest to God, putting everything in one place was so magical for me. So instead of trying to be like, okay, here's the list of stuff I need to do here. And here's the list of stuff I need to do here. Like if I need to buy mascara and I need to write a (laughs) $50,000 proposal, they are on one to-do list, you know, because I I can't, you know, there's going to be you're going to find little bits of downtime to help tackle some of your other stuff. Right. You're going to find opportunities where too, there's just like synergy between careerhood and motherhood and that intersection gets really fun and magical. And I would just encourage you to just embrace that, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful space to kind of navigate both and to not apologize for one or the other. And, you know, when the working dad thing, the thing that gets under my skin so much is, you know, if my husband is late for a meeting, you know, but it's like, Oh, he was dropping the kids off at school. It's like a pat on the ass. Like, Mm. Oh man, you're so awesome. You know? And if I roll in late smelling like spit up or whatever, you know, it's kind of like, get your act together. Right. Like, and like, no, no, no. You know, I, I I am unwilling. It's phrases like, thanks for your patience instead of I'm sorry, I'm late. Right. Right. You've heard that one over and over again, but it's the same thing. Like, yes, I had to attend to that. It doesn't make me any less capable. Right. And I'm going to meet your deadline and how I do it is how I do it. Right. And I do think that becoming a mom gives you some more uh, opportunities to stand in your power if you're willing to take them. That's really, really, really good advice. And also, I was always late before babies. And so it's like the first thing that people would say, be like, oh, have Casey drop the kids off at school when like when <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I'm going to get it. Together. I'm going to get my latest together. Um yeah, that's that's so funny. And that's really true, I guess. Yeah, I didn't even consider that like when, yeah, uh, males don't have that. Have you ever had um, or heard from people that like they can't, their employer, their boss, whoever it is, 
doesn't enable them to has no grace in the sense of you're a mom or not, where it's just like you have to be this person when you show up to work and there's zero yes. excuse. What yes. can you give advice for those t- people that are in those situations? Yeah. So I think that the saddest part about this project that I figured out is that this idea of crafting exactly what you want doesn't work for all women yet. Right. Okay. Because That's there are so some true. jobs that, like you talked about, paid leave, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a guaranteed thing. Um, in o- I'm, I live in Oklahoma, and in the past couple of weeks, we've had discussions in the state Senate about um, maternity, paid maternity leave for teachers. Like of all people in the entire world who should have paid maternity leave, teachers. Wow. And literally a state senator said it was a paid vacation. No. Yeah. So like oh these are the gosh. mindsets we have to overcome, right? Yeah, because yeah. we could get into the ins and outs of what that experience is like and that recovery is like. And let yeah. me just tell you, it's the farthest thing in the whole world from a vacation. And two weeks is, I know you're answering emails at two weeks, but like the majority, yeah, like two weeks and depending if you have a C-section or however you deliver, it doesn't even matter. But those two weeks are so like you, you go from zero to 100, you know, and it's like, you don't even have the time to kind of catch up on, you know, what you want that rhythm to look like at that point, you know, you're just you know, you're doing it. No, so you are just surviving. You yeah. are absolutely surviving. And I give my staff a better maternity leave than I gave myself. You know wow. what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you know, you got to right. get there. Um, these are the attitudes we have to overcome. And honestly, Allie, like, I hate to say it, but I've also seen it from older women who I get it. You guys had to fight a hell of a lot harder than I did to get here. Right. And I am so grateful that you did. Right. You know, but we've got to, um, you know, we've got to find that flexibility. We've got to find some grace because we also saw, you know, COVID, who left right. the workforce? Women. Yeah. And it wasn't just because we're the primary caretakers more often than not. It's also because we're paid less. Right. So when a husband and a wife sat down and said, who's going to leave their job because our school's closed? Well, you make less money. Right. Right. But <laughs> yeah. like, that's that's a huge talent gap in the workforce. So if you're in a situation right now, more than ever, is the opportunity to find something else. Yeah. That's... And to also know that it also, some of it depends on you. Right. You know, like if you're being a shitty worker, they're not going to give you flexibility. Right. But if you're showing up and you're working hard and you're doing your best, like they're going to find a way to keep you because they need people. Right. Yeah. Put yourself in the best position. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good advice. Um, It's funny you said when you talked about mindset, Um, just when the U.S. Women's National Team was kind of fighting for equal pay. Mm-hmm. I think what was one of the coolest takeaways was because it was such a long fight and we didn't know if we were ever going to see the day where, you know, it would, we got what we were fighting for in that regard. But, um, and I can't remember who said it, but it was like, we're doing this for the next generation and we might not see a dime, but as long as like the next generation is like, we're changing the scope for women that come after us. And I think that that was such like relieving advice. Cause yeah, you're fighting for something and you want to see that outcome, but at the end of the day, what matters more is that this for women everywhere, it, it's not just about like right now in this moment that what we're fighting for is so much bigger than ourselves. And so when you bring up mindset and how there's older women who, you know, had it harder, like we let that go out the window. And I think what helped us stay together and kind of get that result was because our mindset was like, we don't care how long we're going to fight. And if we never see a dollar, like then, you know, we just hope the next little girl that's coming up doesn't ever have to feel this way. And yeah, it was kind of like this really cool 
feeling as a team and, and coming together and kind of like feeling that and knowing that and being on the same page about it um, was really empowering and just a really cool like. Oh, I followed that whole fight so closely. Yeah. And, you know, I fought in the Twitter comments and the Facebook yeah. comments. I still, yeah. I made a Facebook post about it one time and I had people coming at me and I don't mean this ugly, but I was like, the men didn't even qualify for the World Cup. Yeah. It's so since- like, please stop comparing. Like, no, like, yeah. stop. It was so it ridiculous. It crazy. But- that I think goes back to, too, this idea I have of becoming, remaining, and flourishing. So when you become a mom or you become uh, a member of the U.S. women's national team, which is just so spectacular. And so you become, you're in this whole process of becoming and figuring mm-hmm. that out and finding your way. And then you can remain, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, okay, I can take a deep breath. I've got some good yeah. stuff going. So in the becoming, you're all others focused because like, I got to be a good teammate. I got to fit right. in here. In the remaining, you start to go, okay, like yeah. I'm vibing here. I can start to kind of look inside again and see where my path forward is. And then in the flourishing, you get to become others focused again because you help other people. Yeah. Right. So you guys were all in that flourishing whenever you said, hey, it doesn't matter about us. It's about who's coming behind us. Right. Yeah. And that's how I feel about mom who works, too. It's like, okay, I found some flourishing. I actually just went through a really big season of burnout this fall. And I feel like I'm becoming again, which is just bizarre because, you know, for four years I talked about everybody else doing that. And then now here I am, you know, Um, but I think that it's in those spaces that we make so much more progress for other moms who work and other women and young gals that are going to come behind us. Mm -hmm. You bring up a really good point about burnout and you may have a different perspective, but I think like burnout, like it's at some point, like I never want to say like accept burnout, but know that like when you are, you know, driven and your mom and like, it's okay if burnout is there, just how do you either get back to, you know, you or what do you need to do for yourself to kind of feel better from that burnout? Do you have any advice in, in that regards when people have, you know, that feeling of being burnt out? Yeah, I think I needed somebody to tell me that it was okay. Yeah. (laughs) You know, just like you just did. I needed to hear that sooner. Uh, I came off of like the most demanding work season I'd ever had. And while it was wildly successful and wonderful, it also came with some big losses too. Mm -hmm. And I think that I needed to hear that that burnout is a slow recovery Mm -hmm. and that you have to trust that the work you did before is going to sustain you. That's really good advice. Because I also think when you're really driven, you know, my normal mode of operating is super high capacity, right? right? Like what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's driving me? Okay, great. I can take on, I can take on more. I can take on more, take on more. I couldn't, like I, I, I physically couldn't do anything. Right. And I would have anxiety, severe anxiety that I was going to lose my company, lose my clients, all this stuff. And it's like, okay, wait, I had, now I know on the other side of it, Mm -hmm. I'm coming out of it so slowly. I'd say in the last five weeks, I've really started to feel better. And this probably started in August. So that's a long recovery. But I had to trust myself that like, hey, the work you've done for 15 years is not going to be thrown out the window because of four or five months that you needed to slow down. Right. It's so so funny. You're talking about like your work and it's different from my work, but you feel that sense of like pressure and the feeling like I felt like when I took off the whole season that you know, I play, I've been playing pro for 13 years, um, you know, was with the national team, went to the Olympics, won world cup. And then when I was coming back, I felt like this, I felt anxious to get back because I felt like me leaving was like, I'm falling off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. And I felt that like pressure, you know, to kind of like, you know, I want to get back sooner and sooner. And when I stopped, 
thinking like that and just being like, okay, this is what I love. This is my goal. This is my dream. My dreams get back with the national. My dream is to, you know, be the best player still. And I kind of refocus myself on like what actually I love and why I'm doing what I'm doing in the first place. Um, That pressure kind of like was relieved in a sense. And um, it's so easy to put that on yourself. And, And then also I think because of the stigma of like, you know, you're, pregnant athlete or any working mom, like, Oh, are you going to retire after twins? It was like, you know, I felt like I needed to, um, and still want to every game, every practice, I'm prove anyone wrong than who ever said I could potentially retire from having twins, you know? Um, but I think it's a combination of all of that. And, um, I guess after my tangent, my law, my, my question would be, have you seen the perception of working moms change since you've written your book? Yeah. And actually I have actually had some men call me really and say cool. like, Hey, can I talk about our maternity leave policy with wow, you? Wow. That's you know? so cool. And I had one uh, man too. He bought like 10 books to hand out to his staff. Oh, that's amazing. You know? so yeah. They're recognizing that these moms who work for them mm-hmm. are their most power packed employees. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. They're so spectacular. And if you just give some trust and right. some flexibility. Like no woman should le- lose her job because she wants to attend her kids assembly. Right. You know, like, yeah. that's yeah. so insane. And so when you give some trust to the women who've earned it and who mm-hmm. are working hard for you, you know, like your business is going to grow. Mm-hmm. Your profits are going to increase. Right. Because women are the best out there. You yeah. know, we really are. And yeah, I, I think that the ever being in a position where you have to decide like, do I go to my kid's first ever, you know, performance or assembly or whatever it is, soccer game, um, or like even attempt to ask that? Like, I think that fear of feeling like you might lose your job is stressful mm-hmm. in itself and takes away mm-hmm. from that working female in the first place. So I love that that guy asked for bo- or whoever did ask for books yeah. for his, his because no, that's really cool. Up, you bring up a good point, though, Allie. And the, the hard part is like there are some women who can't take that risk. Right. No, I know. It's crazy. They've got to go to work to put food on the table that day. Yeah. And so that's what I mean by the hardest part for me has been that mom who works isn't necessarily for the shift worker yet. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily, you know, I know I'm in a place of I've worked very hard to be here and it's a place of immense privilege that I have security and all these things that I've built. Mm -hmm. Right. But I hope that the more women we get into these manager, director, Mm -hmm. president, you know, C-suite offices that we can start to see those changes, the same changes you all fought for with equal pay. You know, these are the same drivers that I think that we have to have. For sure. And I, well, I think it's also like, yes, um, maybe it's not for shift workers, but I think there are little, um, you know, everything we mean, we've talked about today. I think there's tips and stuff from your book that a shift worker could take to add, to implement into their life when it comes to even just like a mentality shift and, you know, making a to-do list for everything and not separating themselves as a mom and a worker. So I think there's a lot of good advice and tips that you have for um, any working mom in general. So I think what you're doing is great and I love it. And (laughs) having twins and coming back to play pro and, you know, going to training every day and everything is um, a lot. And I don't like the word balance either because I'm like, I don't, even know when ever my life, I guess I never had my life balance, (laughs) but it's worked. And I think I function like really good when it's just like, you know, whatever my focus needed to be successful, whatever, with whatever I'm doing is kind of helped me 
get to where I'm at today. So, um, but I think everything we talked about was really special. And I, I hope everyone kind of grabs your book and just listens to it. Cause I don't ever want a mom to feel like they can't work and be a mom. Um, and I hope that employers can get on the bandwagon as well. And, um, you know, change those policies and, and just their mindset. I think it starts with, which, you know, it's really hard to do that, but especially politically, um, Hey, you know, they've got a bipartisan working group. Yeah. Um, in Congress, a good friend of mine, Congresswoman Stephanie Bice is actually a part of that. And That's awesome. It's Republicans and Democrats coming together to say like, Hey, we got to figure this out. Right. Like, we absolutely have to figure this out. And yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic yeah. that they will do so sooner than later. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, whatever your political views are is irrelevant to you being a mom and having to function in work in your workplace, you know? <laughs> hey, listen, like women vote more than men, right? Yeah. And like, can we not find a unifier around right. this issue, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what side you're on. Yeah. Paid it's, leave is good. It's yeah. good for families. It's good you know, and, and they're talking about two extensions to it too, right? Yeah. Paternity leave and caring for aging parents. And yeah. I just think it's, we've lost this uh, level of compassion mm-hmm. for caring about people as whole human beings. Like we right. will live wholehearted lives that are fully integrated Right. and we can't do that. You know, we can't take the sick time or the recovery yeah. time that we need. Uh, then, you know, it's just a whole, a whole slope of just bad outcomes. You yeah. know, and that can just be fixed with some 12, 16, 18 week leave. You yeah, know? that sounds so nice. And I hope it it happens sooner than later, because who wants someone that can't, you know, be their best self? You know, right. you're not setting up your company, your business, whatever you're doing um, for success. If you have someone who's drained out, burnt out, stressed on in something that doesn't even have to do with their job. Right. Um, at the end of my podcast, I always ask like what your mom goal for the week is. So what is your mom goal for this week? Great question. Uh, my mom goal for this week was to get to yoga five times. <laughs> that is going to happen. And uh, the other one is, I know this sounds ridiculous, but um, I've been I've been working on my backyard. <laughs> that's amazing. I, I know that's crazy, <laughs> but I have some goals to get some stuff done back there because I need a better place of peace. I love and that. the weather is turning and we are outside people. And um, one thing I've really learned in the last few months is just how much my home matters. Mm. You know, I think we learned yeah. some of that when we were stuck at home during COVID, but I moved two and a half years ago. We had to redo the inside, haven't got to the outside. And it's like, oh my gosh, I was really missing right. just this space because we connect well out there. We There's like science, hello, around yeah. sunshine and <laughs> yeah. all the things. And so... Uh, just really saying it's okay to take some time and money to make that space what your family needs. And so I'd say that's all my goals this week. I love that. I'm a huge um, believer in like investing in your health and so like yourself and your like if you're gonna spend your money, like I think it's such a good investment that's going to make you happier and healthier. So I love that. Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate everything that you're doing for all working moms. Thank you, Allie. Thank you so much for having yeah, of me. Of course. Um, thank you for being an inspiration to me. It has been so much fun to watch <laughs> all so many of you become moms. It's and crazy, return right? to the field. Yeah. Like it's just so spectacular. And when I played in college, we had a mom on our team. That's awesome. And th- we had a team baby. Dad He came with us everywhere and it yeah. was just a blast. And she was that's a phenomenal a- player. <laughs> you know, amazing. like it was so awesome. Yeah, it's so amazing. And I think it's really cool to see um 
witnessing while I was pregnant, like the moms that um, are in the league and on the national team, they're playing better soccer than they almost were before for whatever reason. And I think it's really cool. And they were such good examples. And um, and even if they decide to retire, it, it doesn't matter. It's just the fact that like, yeah, seeing someone do it before you um, is really inspiring and cool. So I appreciate that and, and them as well. <laughs> yeah, they helped me. I bet. That was so amazing. Speaking to Jenna, so many good tips and advice for any mom who is considering having a baby or has a baby and also doesn't want to give up on their career. My mom goal for this week is to do a little bit extra recovery for my body because training's been hard this week and we have three games next week. See you next week. This has been Mom Goals with Allie Long. Please like, rate, and review. Mom Goals is a Gallery Media Group production.